Happy New Year 2021. I'm sitting here with my husband looking at the first podcast for the new year and we thought we'd look forward to perhaps what we might be doing in the coming year here at Highclere and how you, you might like to come and share it with us. So Geordie, this time last year, I climbed Beacon Hill with a couple of girlfriends. It was a beautiful sunny day and I was looking down, laughing and wondering what the year ahead would bring. The year behind us had seen the Downton film come out in the cinema. We'd had so many different events. We'd had a lot of charitable events, but little did we know, think or dream what the year ahead would look like and it's been very far from any positive dream hasn't it been well yes we couldn't i mean really we you know in, in, even in, in january the virus was was beginning but not fully understood and of course by the time it came to the end of march we we were having to cancel all our our spring visitors sadly people couldn't visit us at all and not not till in into july and then in a much smaller way so for high clear it's, it's been a very um strange year a total change from normal operations obviously f- farming and the countryside thing still kept going as, as normal didn't, didn't they we, we, we still had to battle with the elements of the of the weather <laughs> and all that kind of thing it's just that we we just didn't greet anything like the same number of, of people as we would normally would, would have done yes and then curiously we're looking at a more uncertain world vis-a-vis farming and food and how we go forwards in 2021 whilst perhaps some of the other side and the way we can gather together as families and friends will begin to improve with the help of of the winter as we pass through the winter to the spring and also of course with the vaccines which are coming out around the world but it's going to take some time isn't it i think by nature, farmers are all, always fully aware that, that that nature has things in store which you really can't control, and you just have to do your best to run along with and manage in terms of floods or droughts or or, or some um, pest or disease on your crops. But of course, the the pandemic is 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 another curved ball from nature, which has thrown us all into a state of, of crisis and disorganisation. But but um, maybe farmers are are just resilient. To, to, to these things just keep on going they have a we have a, a, a totally man-made issue to deal with in the coming year which is how we how we trade with our with our friends across the water in in europe which is another whole set of of, of, of challenges which i hope will will be resolved but we all have to in the end we all have to live on the planet and, and get on with each other and, and cooperate to take on these challenges of of climate and pandemics yes and i think perhaps those are the most important challenges and i've always thought our neighbours should be our friends, and that's what we're supposed to be learning over, over history as a historian. It's learning from the past. But having said that, so it's um, in this new year, we're stepping quietly through the winter, looking forward to spring opening, and we've planted 21 cherry trees, haven't we? We have. Well, that's an ex- a great um, um, a cooperation with our, with our friends some way across the world and water in Japan, because the, the Japanese people have kindly given a whole bunch of their, some of their best types species of, of, of glorious spring cherries to be planted in, in great gardens and, and, and um, houses in the UK. Which is so kind. So we've been lucky enough to receive 21 of them and we've planted them on 
on the edge of the Wood of Goodwill and just inside. In fact, you did a fantastic job placing them all. I helped plant them a little bit, and James Hunter did a great job with the digger digging the holes, which yes, they the have been, were so happy. <laughs> they've been put in very professionally, and it was a help to Paul that James came along with a bit, with a, with a bit of power and assistance, because they're actually quite substantial trees. I mean, they're up, they're up it must be about eight foot or so in the, in the air, aren't they, at the moment? They are. They? they were actually grown in this country, grafted and grown in this country, and they are, um, I'd have thought, eight, ten foot tall. So even in this first spring, I think they promise hope and something to look forward to. And then, of course, you planted masses of narcissi and spring bulbs. and So it's the green shoots of spring. Yeah, really, well, I've, al- I've always nice. loved um, bulbs, really. They're, well, they're one of nature's glories, and, and we have made an extraordinary effort of planting many thousands of them for probably eight or ten years or so in that whole, whole area. And it's now really bearing fruit. And you know we, people love the idea of time-lapsed photographs. Well, we have time-lapsed bulb planting. Because when they go in, they go in the ground, they're actually designed to come out over a period of, of, of three or four months, from February um, onwards, with the sort of pheasant eye and, and, and camassus right towards the end, and the earlier crocuses and daffodils at the end of February and beginning of March. And they, they do for have this extraordinary changing picture of colour and even scent as, as time goes on. Of course, we end with, with the, the amazing tulips in the secret garden where we have to plant them practically in a fortified way with chicken wire so the rats and mice don't come and eat them. <laughs> I know, that is quite boring. And then there's also the fritillaria, which look beautiful. They, they do. Charming. And do. this is actually with our Dutch friends. It's an amazing um, Dutch bulb planting scheme and he comes over, or has until now, in um, in the autumn and it makes such a difference because he can plant two to five thousand bulbs in sort of one to two hours and the gardeners think he's simply marvellous because it would take them weeks <laughs> yes I mean we, 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 we do some of that with our traditional Michael well. Luber My, uh, yes Michael Luber from Luber Bulbs but he's got a, a, the, the Dutch are the, are the absolute as I say Dutch masters. masters Dutch masters paintings Dutch masters with bulbs same, but, uh, and someone would be an oil painting doing an oil painting of the bulbs yeah <laughs> you, know, you never know Actually, I think there's going to be a chance for wonderful paintings, not just the bars, but of the Japanese cherries. And they've been put so they look back towards the the castle. So the castle will be in the distance. And these incredible shades of pink and and white. And then a blend. There's one which is a blend between pink and white, sort of blushed white. So we're really really looking forward to to these. And I think people will really enjoy them in um, mid-April to early May really. uh, absolutely and then we've, we're again reconvening the week called Living in a Castle which was my bright idea last year which sadly was not able to take place and um, so we've transferred many of the tickets forward to this year and it was thoughts about what it is to live in a castle and we've asked some of our friends who Eleanor Argyle, the Duchess of Argyle who lives in a Vareri Castle and Um, I can't think, we've got two or three wonderful speakers coming down to share their thoughts as well as living at Highclere, which I hope will be a very entertaining week in May before we head through to the Roses of June. Well, even even with the, with the roses, because roses are such a traditional, wonderful um, English garden plant everyone loves, and we've been we've been planting them. But we're now going to be hopefully planting a rose that, that's, that's bred specially for Highclere, aren't we? We hope. We hope two, we've two each versions. got one. <laughs> so I've got <laughs> Lady Carnarvon rose, which is a sort of a blush white rose with um, scented shrub rose, and and Jordy, you've got a red and white climber, haven't you? Yes, it's a, a, a climber with a with quite a size of, of, of flower. 
flower, and I've always loved the climbing uh, roses, is that it takes a bit of time and patience to get them nicely put round the thing you want them to climb up. But the, well, we got them working in the, in the white border world well now. We have. They're climbing mm. up the wall behind it. So we have now planted out the rose arbour in the, in the centre of the rose arbour with shrub roses to which we can add the Lady Carnarvon rose and, the, and add your rose over the um, pergola running around it as well as in the garden. So we've got a busy time there to share with people and in June we've got some special guided tours which I hope will show the rose gardens at their best and be another point of interest for people. And again, we're staying with small tours and small numbers which I think is the wise way to go and then we move on to our favorite event or one of my favorite events at the beginning of august on the saturday the prom guess concert. what that is yes well <laughs> we, i mean that 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 a prom concert with this wonderful um, orchestra and the extraordinary displays of, of fireworks to sort of take us back to the to the time and the, the spitfire and the spit well the spitfire starts the evening off flying for, for 15 minutes round, us doing its incredible show and you could cause it here it's rolls royce merlin engine some time away before it, mm. it appears yeah um, and then the great fireworks to take us back to the 1812 overture. overture yeah. Which is special. And I think we have planned with Adam Slough, who runs it, that um, we will probably have 50% of the numbers, which is a safer way to go. And so everyone can be spread out and really well organised and have picnics. Um, bring their food and take their own food well, they're, away. They're on, they're on 10 organized. acres out there, so I think they might be able to be spread out <laughs> sufficiently. So that's because we might have to paint some lines, but they'll all wash away. <laughs> so that's quite straightforward. And then we move to our summer opening, which might be slightly easier than last year. And, and we're going to repeat the History Festival next October. It was a... you know I. I can sort of see the sunshine gl- glinting through that October weekend, Geordie. It was a, an extraordinary event to put on with small numbers, but with such generosity of energy from all those who took part, with the people who came. And it was looking back at World War II and the evacuee children, but it was such a success and so fascinating. Again, I thought I'd look back to World War II and we have been offered some marvellous plane displays, so I thought we could circle around perhaps 1941, the centenary ago, and look at, look at the, um, the planes flying in the air at that time and ask for some speakers to come along to share that particular period with us, which, which I thought would be fascinating. Well, yes, it's great. I mean, Heikler has such a, a link with early, early aviation and as time went on, because, of course, Geoffrey de Havilland first became airborne from, from one of our fields in, in, in September 1910. And that plane eventually, with obviously quite some enhancements, was a, became a fighter in, in World War I. And then, of course, he developed the Mosquito, the very famous plane for, for World War Two, And we had Flight Lieutenant Colin Bell, who flew Mosquitoes on very dangerous flights at the, the last 18 months of World War Two. He was extraordinary. I did a video with him for Instagram, and it was a joy to meet him. He was completely switched on, and he came and stayed the night before in one of our local pubs and went on from there. Fascinating man. There are some extraordinary people with us from whom we have so much to learn and I'm sure they are much relieved that 
they are being offered a vaccine against this dreadful COVID virus as soon as possible. Yes, that's the most wonderful news, the, the, the triumph of a scientist in making this thing happen in such an incredibly short time. Full master there. Yes, incredibly grateful. And then as it's rolled out, it'll begin to give us all a little bit more comfort, particularly those who are slightly older, who are incredibly precious. And many of these men were those who came to our History Festival and... I think their memories and they want what they want to share, that is the treasure which we need to look after. Absolutely, 100%. But we wish everyone a hopefully much more happy New Year of 2021 than 2020. And then as we move towards Christmas and New Year, we can have Gerald Dickens in the saloon, live audience, sing carols, raise money for Messons of Frontier, support the air ambulance, have Christmas fairs and... And, you know, raise the roof with our laughter and singing, which should be a very good thing to do. Great you to can lead for- the way. Great to look forward to, yes. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. will be, won't it? Thank you, Geordie, so much. We have a lot to look forward to, so let's do that. I hope you're enjoying my podcast as much as I'm enjoying making them. Do let your friends and family know about them. Subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, please leave a review. Thank you.